We are oil and water. We don't mix, but we make a great vinaigrette. If you add vinegar. <laughs> and a bunch of other things. Yeah. Welcome, 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 nerds and nerdettes. Welcome, obscurials of all shapes and forms. You're listening to a Nerd Obscurial podcast. Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm the Oklahoma Kid. So, yeah, Oklahoma, is this as good a time as any to talk about? Why don't we take a break and get to the lightning round? Okay, we're back. Thank you all for listening. Our first little segment segment is um, the lightning round. This is who's going to dictate who gets the outro. We always start this at the top. So Oklahoma won last episode. So I get to dictate who goes first or second, and I have decided to go first. So Oklahoma. To ask first or to receive? To receive. I'm receiving. All right. Not a power bottom. Not a power bomber? Bottom. It's a joke. Probably. Wow. Uh, as usual, we'll start with Lock It Down, Mr. Spock. John Locke or Spock from Star Trek. Star Trek. Who said it? It is one thing to show a man that he is in error, and another to put him in possession of the truth. John Locke. Correct. In the category of corn or porn, which industry is it true... That the average American spends $267 a year on it. Porn. Nope. Corn. Oh, wow. That's a lot of corn you all use in right there. That's true. No, I get okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, no, that's counts. it counts. In the category of in the ring or on the range, is this a professional wrestler? Or, or a cowboy. A dynamite Dan. That's a hard one. I will give you that. My first instinct was a wrestler. Nope. God damn it. That is a cowboy. All right. In the category of West by Ye West, is this fact true of Yeezy himself or Professor Cornell West? This West had a cameo appearance in the Matrix Revolutions. Cornell West. Cornell West is correct. Thank you. In the category of the West Wing, was it Richard Nixon who said this or Billy West playing Richard Nixon's head on Futurama? Nixon. Always wins. Okay, I know I hear this on Futurama, so I'm going to say Billy West. You are correct. Okay. Last, as always, 
and it may or may not. Is this the real title of a Japanese cartoon? Super Dimension Fortress Macros. Super Dimension Fortune Fortress. Fortress. Super Dimension, like the fifth dimension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fortress, like a castle. No, I understand. Macros. M A C R O S. That's anime. It is indeed okay. a real anime. Okay. All right. So coming back from last week, a score of four for you. Four. Okay. 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 The first category is Killer Jazz Cap. You have to tell me which one is the story of a real serial killer during the Jazz Age. In 1925, Roy Pretty Boy Klein killed three dancers at a New York jazz club. He evaded police by posing as a musician, carrying his victim's bodies out of the club in a case of an upright bass. Or... In 1919, the Axeman of New Orleans put a notice in the newspaper promising to spare any household where a jazz band was playing. Second one. Correct. Yeah, because Babyface was someone else. That was, there was, it was Babyface Nelson. Pretty Boy was... Oh, Pretty Boy, because it was Pretty yeah. Boy Floyd. Purple Urkel. What is the Purple Urkel? Is it A, a marijuana line developed by Julia White and Snoop Dogg, or B, a TikTok challenge where someone punches another person yelling, did I do that? As they ran away. Weed. Correct. Here's number three. Call this one Chicken Little Nas X. One of these were a headline in the last year about Lil Nas X. Was it A, Lil Nas X goes for the biggest dab ever on Hot Ones? Or B, Popular Lil Nas X portrait at this Atlanta restaurant in quarantine. So, a little bit of explanation. Choice A has to do with the show Hot Ones, which is where they eat hot oh, wings. Wait, okay. okay. Yeah, Didn't it. know if that's where the chicken part comes right, in. Right, yeah. B is um, a chicken restaurant. A chicken and waffle restaurant. And quarantine, it was like a publicity stunt. They took it away from the restaurant. This popular like, Instagrammers First took a one. picture with the portrait. The last dab one? Yeah, that he was on Hot Ones. Okay. And that's correct. The next one is the unbearable lightness of being John Malkovich. All right. You have to decide whether this is a line from the unbearable lightness of being or being John Malkovich. All right. I've been very lonely in my isolated tower of indecipherable speech. Lightness of being. It's being John Malkovich. Ooh. The first one you got long, thank God you didn't get a clean sweep. <laughs> okay, so this one, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't come up with a good name for, uh, so I'm just going to call it the aristocrats. This is a dirty joke. You have to tell me whether this dirty joke was told by Bob Saget. Or first century BC poet Marshall. So I've had to, in this joke, it named someone in particular. It's like a roast on somebody. So I've had to replace their name with. That would be a giveaway. Exactly. I've had to replace their name with John Doe. Your puppy licks your mouth and lips, John Doe. And I'm not surprised. He loves to eat shit. Roman guy. Marshall. Okay. Correct. Correct. Okay, and so the last one, 
This is a way that we should be able to do certain categories. It's called either, neither, or both. The category is called Infinity Stoners. All right. I'm going to give you two names that are possible marijuana strand names. You have to tell me if it's either one or the other. Or, or it's neither of the ones that I said, or it's, or both, it's both the ones. All right. A, Purple Hulk Northern Lights. B, Bruce Banner OG Kush. Both. Jesus fucking Christ, yeah. Did I get it? You got it. Let's get a little break. Let me reconnect my dignity. And uh, we'll come back on the other side with... Master of this domain. There we go. All right. Okay, welcome. We're back, and we're getting to our next segment, which, Oklahoma, what do we call our next segment? It is Master of This Domain. Master of This Domain. So, this is where, surprisingly, we thought we would just, you know, joke and spoof on some websites that we thought had crazy names, and Oklahoma's mind is so insane that most of these are free. And we try to go through and do our due diligence. Yeah, make I, sure I there's for, not a... I look for net. Or I look for edu and gov. What this week is the domain, Oklahoma? It is full bore Al Gore. Full bore Al Gore. Okay. First question got me on my side. Mm-hmm. Spelling of the word bore. That's up to you. Okay. You can so, go B-O-R-E. Right. Well, or you can go B-O-A-R. So this is one that's a little surprising. And I feel like the second we actually put this out there, someone's going to gobble this guy up. Because well, so. it's so ripe for the man bear pig, which is a big South Park joke. Right? Simpsons did it. Yeah, I feel like a lot of South Park fans just like haven't put two and two together on this one yet. The second we say it, it's, it's gone and people are going to be on that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like the easy way out, being the B-O-A-R, like you automatically have a shit ton of content. You would have mm-hmm. all these creators coming to you with like art, drawings, all of this kind of stuff pig. of the man of, of, of Al Gore as Man Bear Pig. Right. And that writes its own story. If we're going B-O-R-E, yes. like going full bore with something. Exactly. Like a going mm-hmm. full throttle. Yes. That's what full bore exactly. is here. Let's see, bore rhymes with gore. Right. So there's a couple ways I feel like you deep fake Al Gore as Dennis Hopper in Waterworld. <laughs> you got any ideas, Oklahoma? I don't know. I feel like because I, I feel I like if get you get him do... into history, man, I want to like I want to deep fake Al Gore into like inscriptions on the pyramids i want to get al, al gore in there you know what would be amazing having al gore be at the center of every technological advancement because like the whole joke with al gore was he, <laughs> he invented, invented the, the internet. internet so have him like 
chiseling out the Rosetta Stone, <laughs> and they're uh, with Gutenheim on the press. <laughs> yeah, in the pyramids, doing the hieroglyphs. Yeah, having him be like a time traveler as well, like having a whole story behind it. Not that he's just pictured there, but like you're actually explaining how he helped oh, develop yeah, each like, one like of a, these. The, the website would yeah. be this like detailed scholarly right. website. Right. His, the sid- hidden history right. of it's Al Gore. It's Da Vinci Code with Al Gore. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> with all these like scholarly articles that are all like completely fake. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like deep fake him in there. Like really make this thing where you're like making this document. Like no, no, no. Look, okay. he was there. He was there. I desperately want to combine ideas. We do all of that. And then we have a whole little tab that says the future and then the deep fake with Dennis Hopper. Oh. <laughs> and I think that's solved. I think, I think I'm be. ready to move on. <laughs> Let's take a little break and we will get to working on my type five, AKA steal this joke. Welcome back. We're going on to our next segment. We're calling Working on My Fight Tight Five. Tight Five. AKA Steal This Joke. Little stand up bit that I thought of, throwing it out there to the universe. We'll work on it together here. Anyone else wants to get on this group project, go at it. Okay, so my family is weird. Like, my dad is an influencer. Yeah. I know that sounds really fucking weird. Like, it's weird hearing my dad is an influencer from, like, a 40-year-old motherfucking guy. Like, you expect it from a 12-year-old, but 40-year-old, this is weird, right? But I'm telling you, he's an influencer. Like, I'll be the first one to admit that the indictment, technically they were calling him a cult leader. But, I mean, he's got a ton of followers, and he gets paid for basically doing nothing. So you do the math. That one's not bad. Okay. It just, it came to me the bit of being the difference between an influencer and a cult leader and like not knowing the parameters and like which one is which. Yeah. Uh, I think is funny. No, yeah. No, it's a funny punchline. Um, it got a little sidetracked by the thing about the, it's weird to hear that from a 40 year old. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to like further explain it. I don't need to explain it. Yeah. I don't know if I do either. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's why it's workshopping. Yeah. I, I think that um, I think you're very right there. But and this it's kind of a quickie. Basically, I kind of expanded it. But basically, the whole idea was that, you know, my dad thinks he's an influencer because actually that's probably a better way of telling the joke. My dad thinks he's an influencer because he has a ton of followers and he gets paid for basically doing nothing. I'll be the first to admit. The indictment kept saying cult leader. That not works bad. better? Not bad. That works better, maybe? A little better. Yeah, yeah a little better. it's a little bit more cleaned up. It is, it's much closer to a one-liner, you know? Yeah. It's not very drawn out. It doesn't have, like, a long burn the way that... Uh, but I don't think it necessarily has to be. I mean, if this was going to be... If this, if you were going to, like, make something bigger out of it, out of it like, yeah. into a bigger piece... Yeah. Um, into, into a longer bit, 
that would be the start of it. And you'd go from there. Yes. It wouldn't be no, you can see, to get you to can see like where you can start off. snowballing yeah. funny stuff off of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you can get for into sure. Stuff about cults now, you know, and you can also then like make more jokes about your family and like, wait, maybe you were raised in a cult. Like, who knows yeah, on no, here, you know, I think definitely part of the joke in a little behind the scenes, my dad actually isn't a cult leader. So this is all pretend. It was just kind of a conduit being weird that your dad, cause I couldn't think of anyone else in your life that could like hold that place of like, Oh, they've actually convinced this of me kind of too. And I'm kind of defending them by saying like, you do the math. Like I'm defending him by like, oh no, he's actually a, an influencer, not a cult leader. The I mean, delusional part of it, I think is funny as well. So let's get to our choice in the list. Yeah. After this break. Thanks guys. I Okay, I was going to try to give the intro in, but I guess we're just here. When you said, you know, what are things that could come out of these series, you know, and the two, and right. the very first thing that popped into my mind for Falcon and Winter Soldier is, there's got to be something we can do with the Dora Milaje. Like, I immediately was just like, hey, this is a chance to talk about the Dora Milaje, so I just jumped on that, right? But it did take a minute to really figure out what it would be and what it would be that would make it specifically tie to this and not just be something spinning out of Black Panther, which they appear to actually be doing. And they did announce that the main character the main character is um, uh, Danny Gueria. I forget how to pronounce his name. The one who was on The Walking Dead who plays the main Dora Milaje. They've announced that she is like the star of the show. So it's like probably mostly going to be centered on her. Sure, um, sure. But here was my idea. Beat him to the punch. Beat him to the punch. Here's my idea for something really cool to do with Adora Milaje that is a spinoff from specifically Winter Soldier, Cap Falcon and Winter Soldier, a.k.a. Captain and Winter Soldier. So the last we see of them and of Baron. Zemo, Baron Zemo, they are taking him back to prison at the raft, the super-duper, right. ultra-supervillain prison. Right. Here's my here's what I think would be really cool. The whole thing, it's it's like die hard, but the Dora Milaje are Bruce Willis. They get to the raft, they're there to deliver uh, Zemo, and it just happens that they're there, they're there. They are there at the same time that a bunch of the villains are trying an escape plan, and the escape plan like they get caught. But far enough along that, like, the whole place goes into lockdown. Someone activates the emergency lockdown. So no one in, no one out. But the villains had, like, figured out, like, when the shift change was or something. Like, they knew the perfect time when the, when the, when the facility was going to be the, at its most least – most understaffed. Sure. Right? So the guards are, like, overwhelmed. These All the villains, they're locked in. They can't escape the prison, but they're out of their cells, and now they're stuck in here. With the guards who, you know, they hate. So, and the guards are like, oh, shit. But the Dora Milaje happened to be there at that moment, just co coincidentally. 
And so they go die hard on it, and they go, and like the I think cause I think it was just four of them that they showed on winter on winter right. Falcon, it was winter a small group. Yeah. It was not and uh, it's, enough to to actually have to face those many villains at once. Right. But it would be like they'd pick yeah they'd pick them off die hard style where he's like sneaking through the vents. They they'd be like no 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 I get I just mean the fact that they didn't have a big enough troop to be rolling in there and be able to defend themselves. It's just four or five people. It have to be stealth mode. It had to be. Yes, exactly. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So you can have a lot of like the fun like B and C list ones. Right. Like Suicide Squad level ones, you know, like it wouldn't be Doctor Doom. It would be the Wizard, you know. Right. In terms of Fantastic Four villains, it'd be like at that level. And so you could, yeah, have them like going around and like picking them off. I think that could be really cool. Uh, I was but thinking Zemo you, would still be. Oh, so so the thing is, Zemo, there'd be like a, a deal struck of some sort where they're gonna like lighten his sentence or like give him certain like put him in a white collar prison instead or something. I don't know what, but yeah. they're gonna do something for him, but he has to help them. So like Zemo would be like the guy at the at the comms, you know, like, uh, like in Spider-Man, how Ned's like the guy at the, being the guy at the computer, the one back in the bat but cave, Alfred in the bat cave. Zemo would have to be like that. Like see, he's back in the back. There cave. He's is in the control room, like checking the cameras and sending the messages. And they're out there doing the, doing the leg work. And it would be kind of like this, like, right. You know, the enemy of my enemy kind of situation where they're, they're having to work <laughs> with him to, to deal with the situation because they are so outnumbered, even though they're, they are ultimately badass. They can't just be, like you said, for a full frontal assault. They're way outnumbered. Mm-hmm. And so they need his help to be able to operate in stealth mode the way they need to to get all this back under control. I actually was thinking before you set all this up of like, what if you went into this other subplot of the fact that like they're trying to do the right thing here, but like they so want to kill Zemo. That would definitely be in there. Is it them just squelching the rebellion, putting everybody back in their place? I mean, that's what the the over arc story would be. Right. Like the top level story, you know, the text rather than the subtext. Yeah, it would right. be they quell this this riot and the everything goes and the prison opens back up and everyone's back in their cells. Part of it is it would also be a Zemo show. It wouldn't strictly be so he's sure. playing a, a big part in it. So there'd have to be an arc with him. And then there has to be an arc with them, you know, in the subtext. And you know, um, I think you're you're really what you're looking at is for the Dora Milaje characters. It's balancing the honor is not the right word, but like it's balancing the ideal with the practicality. So they have to figure out like where is it's a, it's about them coming to terms. With it, it is honor. Where though. is this? It is honor. Where is this balance? Where, where is like, honor? Where is yeah. honor? Is the question. And it's like balancing, getting getting to terms with the balance of that of like doing what's right, but also making sure that how much you know do you have to make sure the job gets done. It's like there's a certain level where it's like you've got to get your hands dirty to get the job done. Yeah. And it's yeah, like right, it's right. it's them kind of like finding the line of like where's the spot where your hands are too dirty? And is taking this opportunity to get rid of him is that what side of that line is that on? Okay. It's also got to have this arc for him. You've got to see some, you know, progress out of him in terms of an emotional arc. This is where your emotional story is. And it's it should be him. He feels guilty 
that he had to kill the king to do his whole plan. You know, cause he had this whole plan and he's like, it was part of this whole thing to get the Avengers that. and the, that was for the best. And so he's got guilt about involving him and being like, you know, I wish I had thought of something else maybe. And they blame him. And it's about getting to that so, point of like, how do we deal with this fact that, you know, he feels guilty. He blames himself for it, obviously. And they blame him for it, obviously. But it's that, that he has that awareness, that he has that guilt of it. And it's kind of dealing with like, how do they deal with his guilt? What interests me emotionally in terms of like where is the subtext of the story for the Dormelage, the whole thing is kind of this very tense situation. I mean having to be in that situation where like this person is your enemy. Not only did he kill their king, you know, in terms of like them feeling, you know, loving their king and being him being respected, they're specifically the ones who are in charge of protecting him. Right. So he's kind of the one who beat them and got to the king. They blame themselves and there's all – So there's that – like I said, there's that weird thing of like they should just be blaming him. But they're also a little bit underneath blaming themselves, Mm -hmm. you know. And at the same time, he is feeling just a little tiny bit – he believes in what he did. He thinks he's right. He thinks he's righteous. But he does feel a little bit of tiny guilt, like maybe he could have chose someone else. And he's wrestling with, like, would that have made a difference? And so they're both in kind of this weird – and it's, like I said, putting that balance between blame and guilt. And I kind of like that idea that that is a tightrope to walk. Like, for the rest of your life, that's a tightrope to walk. It should end on a high-tension wire moment. Like, because that's where this is from now on. Like, that's the situation they're in you know, their relationship to him, interacting with him, like what it means, what happened, the past, all that for the that's gonna be a high tension wire they're gonna walk the rest of their lives. Yeah. You know. This is not something that what just, I you like know, and actually forget would, about. Maybe now he has a favor to call in. Like, I get you. Yeah, like that conflict that like he saved my fucking ass. Like I would have been gone without his shit. Mm-hmm. And now I owe his ass. Yeah. You know? Uh, well, at the same time, just wanting desperately to fucking kill him. Exactly. But, like, he can still call it a favor. He can still call it a favor, but I would fucking love to see oh, him you throw would, it out. You would definitely have that, and that yeah. would be something that you'd be seeing yeah, yeah. them deal with. That yeah, idea, yeah, like, for sure. Not just, like, they need to work with him. At some point, like, halfway through, you know, if it's eight episodes, episode yeah. four ends with No, him. I think you saved the favor. I think you like no 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 yeah. not what the favor is him getting the favor oh yeah 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 for like sure. episode yeah, yeah, yeah. Up, exactly for the first four episodes of eight they're working together very reluctantly but they have yeah. to and he's kind of holding it over their head and but they're like okay well he's he's doing this thing for us but then at the very end of episode four he literally like takes an almost fatal bullet for one of them or something yeah. like that where it's like you said like it's like I would not be here. Like, he literally saved my life. So now one of them owes him her life. I think all of them, frankly. Or Pops possibly you do yeah, a situation where he gets all of them. them. Yeah, and yeah. now they owe him, like, at that level. Yeah. You know? and that's they, have, they all have life bound. debt. They, they are now honor-bound to this kind they of life They have life debt. debt. Yeah, exactly. And then that brings in that the whole, like, honor. samurai honor, like, and you know, what like, is honor... Can I be honorable to dishonorable man? You know, like yes. these kind of things. Yeah. And 
if doing the honorable thing – like what happens when the honorable thing dishonors the person you're honoring? Exactly. You know, they're kind of they're kind of having to to do the honorable thing their king would want them to do would be to honor the the debt they now owe to him, but it, in a way that almost feels debasing to the king. Right. Now they're right. in this guy's debt who killed the king. Where's so the, it's like where's the where's yeah. the zero sum? Exactly. Where's and the that's zero why sum? I that's why I'm like ended on yeah. that tension. Like ended in that thing of where they're just like because until he calls in that favor. No, no, that's no, where yeah. they're gonna be. No, I agree with that. You do not call in the favor, and you never see him the calling movie. in the favor. Uh, it, but it, you just know that he has it. Yes. And then you use it as an Easter egg later on. You know, exactly. That kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah. No, I absolutely think that is where you end it. There is one more thing I wanted to throw in though. You do episode five is from the perspective of two C-list villains, uh, two or three or four C-list villains. Yeah. And you do it all from their perspective as one of the Dora Milaje has like got them like has worked them into a trap and is now picking them off. Right. You know, in a specific spot, you know, under certain, you know, whatever. And it's all done where it's like fucking alien, like the original alien, except the alien is the Dora Milaje. You have a whole. And the villains are the the protagonists of the story, but it's like the reverse thing. You're you're cheering. For the alien it's to a, get them. Yeah, right. and I think it'd be really interesting to watch something from the perspective. We're on the same page there. Where it's you're yeah. seeing that that from a villain's perspective. So you're seeing that fear, but you're not completely sympathizing with it because you're like, oh, but he's a villain. I want to see her get him. I think that'd be a real fun thing to do. Yeah. You know. Okay. <laughs> Let's see you on the other side. Okay, we're back. We're on number eight. The last pick, Thunderbolts. <laughs> I actually wrote out like a, a paragraph of a plot and storyline on this one. And you reading stuff does make for great radio. It's great radio. I mean, maybe if you read aloud, but... <clears throat> okay, so Thunderbolts, those who only know the Marvel Cinematic Universe... You have no idea what the fuck Thunderbolts are. The easy explanation, it's Suicide Squad for Marvel. It's a bunch of villains who find themselves in a place where they got to be superheroes. It depends on which iteration. In terms of what you were talking about, about it being like Suicide Squad, right. that's kind of similar to what it is now. Yeah. Zemo's this is layman. Zemo's team was different. Well, yeah, and the team, I think, is important. Now, what's funny was that I'm using the same event as you of Zemo going to the raft, but instead of it going to where you went with it, it you know, it's, just, it's a clean delivery. He's in the raft now. Right. And then he starts to meet these people, these different people at the raft, mm-hmm. and he starts forming a team. So it's Oz. No, there's a little bit more of, um, I guess it was called Great Escape. Like you, you form the team to get out of here kind of stuff. I see you know what, you what I mean? Yeah, yes, Great Escape, yeah. Yeah. Um, or Hogan's Heroes, one of the two. Okay, so okay, so 
possible people who have been in the Thunderbirds before. If you're just coming, you said Thunderbirds. Thunderbolts. Thunderbirds <laughs> is a car. I I understand. Like if you're you're coming through the Marvel Cinematic Universe, three people who are in it that I don't really want to put them in. I want to use the original comic book shit. But uh-huh. these are people. If you're Kevin Feige, you're gonna maybe use because you right. already got them in the the pocket, right? Right. You got Thaddeus Ross, played by William Hurt. Mm-hmm. Ghost from Ant Man and Wasp. Yeah. And actually, just want another excuse to see him again, Justin Hammer, because <laughs> he's pretty amazing. Yeah, great. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with getting him. I would want to sneak Sam in. Rockwell back in there. But if we're going comics, which is, it, I do want to do heavy comics on it. We'll do the quick rundown for those who are unawares. You got Songbird, right? Yep. Who's powers are like sonic blast levitation force fields you got moon sun and there's a reason i'm explaining all these things for later purposes you got moonstone who is given a cream moonstone and is like hypnosis yeah mind, 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 mind yeah like um well if you've seen a lesion and stuff the astral plane you can yeah. take people to this spot the fixer who is a technological mutant yeah just uh, Goliath, who's <laughs> I described it as the Bizarro Giant Man, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like Giant Man being Ant Man in the big form. when he's big, yes. right, right. And then Beetle, who has a Mach One bodysuit, and kind of goes hand in hand with the Fixer. Uh-huh. Like without the Fixer, he really isn't much. Whereas uh, Tony Stark is his own. Made the suit. Exactly. Tony Stark is his own autonomous thing. He can kind of do his own uh-huh. stuff. He's got to be with the fixer in order to make his shit work. Right. So here's what I had for a plot, right? So you got Baron Zemo escapes the raft with Moonstone's hypnosis. But also, not only you need to hypnotize all the guards and do all that kind yeah. of stuff, you're still in the middle of the ocean. So you use Songbird's sonic levitation to get across the ocean right right so when they're out across the ocean like fleeing for their lives and all that kind of stuff there keeps coming this these arrows these archer arrows coming at them and they can kind of see in the distance this mass archer but it's never found out who it is and doing all that they come across the fixer Right. Uh huh. So like the team's forming as it's going. I explained who the right. team was before, but yeah. like they use those two are in the raft, and then they come across the fixer. Right. And the fixer is gonna give them passage to Madripoor, because we already know that Zemo's got cred there, yeah. and like this would be a natural place to go for him though. to go. Yeah. They're trying to work all that out. The whole workshop's blown up by this same masked archer. The thing blows up. They fall underground. And they fall into a ceremonial death pit where they come across Grim Reaper. Grim Reaper is like the big baddie. This is the one that like why all the villains are coming together. And yeah, maybe they're Grim Reaper is a Marvel. I know who he is. I, he's right. not that level of a of a villain. Not that I know of. It's... Not the Grim Reaper that I know of. The one who wears like the little thing on his hand so it gives him a skive and he's got like a silver helmet no it would be like a cloaked I, I 
Am I picturing the wrong? I think you're just picturing death, Lady Death. Yeah, Lady Death, I guess would be maybe maybe it's made Lady Death instead of the Grim Reaper. Yeah, Grim Reaper. You're right. Grim Reaper would be like the same level of villain as like Taskmaster or or Zemo. Yeah, maybe it should be Lady Death, but I I just I like the idea of like villain or hero. Death is always the one chasing after us. You know, like it doesn't matter what side you are for good, evil, all this kind of stuff. We're all going to be dead at one point. So I I like maybe Grim Reaper is the wrong. Yeah, Grim Reaper's a dude. He's just a dude with like tech. And and one of them is this thing that makes his hands into a scythe. Okay. Um, Oh, okay. But he's just, yeah, he's just a regular. Super villain. Okay. He's not. He has no actual death-related powers or, or stuff. Showing my knowledge of <laughs> the Marvel comics, yes. I was just trying to pick a good villain that would incorporate death and have that feeling. I think you're right. Lady Death, who we know Thanos has a heart on for. That is true. It is a much better choice. So that that's like... Act two, right? Right. Um, they face death and act two, the or you know, beginning of act three, if you will, that conflict is resolved. They defeat death, the big baddie. Right. That's yeah, typically called the climax of the film. Directed by Lukewarm. <laughs> I was gonna say. So um it's something that did happen in the comics though that I would think would be interesting in a mirror in a way. After that victory over Lady Death there being this kind of uh it would be almost like exposition kind of stuff where like these villains that become superheroes kind of like questioning okay like what side are we on what are we doing those mm-hmm. kind of stuff and like zemo kind of like selling them out and kind of being like you know seeing his selfish intentions mm-hmm. on, on another side zemo being zemo right kind of stuff you know being a villain right and then finding out from the first act with the escape and the the masked archer uh-huh. that actually being Hawkeye. And this was something that actually happened in the comics that Hawkeye actually took over Thunderbolts for yeah. a little bit of time. So you sequitur into Hawkeye being the new uh, leader. So you don't do the whole twist, though, with a twist, a surprise reveal that they did in the original. No. No, I, I think you, you kind know right of from the start that it's you you're watching Zemo do this and oh 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 no comics... I, I think I think I think it's sincere like Zemo is sincere at first and then kind of fucking bolts because self interest gets in the way it's right. like it, it it isn't even maybe like true mastermind villainy like dr doom kind of stuff uh-huh. it could just be as simple as like i'm a fucking rich boy why would i deal with this yeah. <laughs> kind of stuff you know because well, <laughs> in the comics they actually they didn't reveal it was zemo at first right and you you thought it was this they kind of presented it for the first couple issues that they appeared in as like a new team of heroes who was kind of starting to become as popular as the avengers and then you find out that it's this team of villains Zemo has put together, but they're all in disguise. Yeah. And their their idea is like, we're going to push out the Avengers 
by being better than rather than fighting them head on, we're gonna replace yeah. them as like in the people's public opinion, and then that's like their nefarious plan is like then we'll be in control because we'll have pushed out the Avengers. No, I think you like I. I I have a very clear outline of, of yeah. the movie, and I, I think, yeah, you know, you start it with Zemo making strategic alliances while he's at the raft, then yeah. going somewhere else and having to make another alliances, like everything accumulating, and then suddenly, like, we're the Thunderbolts or something, you know, like, it, like he does, it all kind of comes out organically for his best interest right. for the moment it's not like you he know. says i need to assemble a team yeah of eight no. people no each one having a certain Just deep like, ones it all starts snowballing as each one and then becomes, suddenly you got the thunderbolt yeah as each one becomes vital to their escape plans like, right but i do like the idea of keeping zemo who he is and always have that antagonism villainy kind of stuff him him just going back to the shadows him just going right. back into all of his money and all that kind of stuff like i i like the the changing of the guards into hawkeye like and also it just kind of feels like who zemo is it's like he has all this knowledge he would actually be great if he was on our fucking team yes but he will not be on our team <laughs> so it's like Hawkeye like takes over because he's handed this fresh team from Zemo who just did this awesome shit with them and he's like I can use this for something that thinks yeah and like you know like you said th- there's almost a debt the Zemo like mm-hmm. he has that special place I think in the Marvel universe of being able to move those two worlds Zemo in general but particularly Brule's depiction of Zemo, characterization of Zemo. It's like he doesn't away live by a code. Like there there's a lot of ways where it's like shit goes down a little bit differently, you're a hero. Yeah, and uh, yeah, from Zemo's point of view that they've played it, I mean, he and Sam are the same. Yeah. They're soldiers for their who serve their country. Yeah. You know, and he's like I I you are in you are the you know, because Sam was a special ops uh, type, right? He was the pararescue, which is like the special right. ops of the Air Force. Right, right. It's like being a Green Beret, you know? Mm-hmm. And they said that so was Zemo. He did that, and he was, you know, he's a war hero. And so is Sam, so he can respect that, like one soldier to another. Like, you know, like you, like you mentioned with, you love to mention about Achilles and Hector. Yeah. Like, I almost picture, like, for, for Zemo, the way he's playing it. It's like you have this dynamic between him and Sam of like Achilles and Hector. Like we're on opposite sides of a issue issue here, but like we respect each other as being you know honorable warriors. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, you know, an honor to be facing you in combat, kind of thing. Right. Right. It's time to get to the outro. All right. There we go. Okay. See you after soup's the break on, for the outro, baby. What does that mean? Why did I say soup's on? <laughs> Say it again. Is said a supersonic? I said soups on, people. <laughs> okay, no. That is the joiner from now on. Oh, that's the joiner music is just like a techno remix. No, of me saying no, no, soups no, no, on. no. Soups no, no. on. Soups on. Soups on. No, no. The joiner music is very different than the joiner. The joiner, every time I leave the mic from here on out, soups on, people. <laughs> Soup's on. Okay. Soup's on. Black, white, snub, black, and white.
welcome back. Um, we got our list done. Only thing left is our outro, which we all know the Oklahoma one. Thank you so much for listening. Do whatever you can to help propagate the podcast. Like, subscribe, comment, stars. Open up a Patreon. Get the stone of Agathun to get a wish to bring us prosperity. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know at this point. Um, Oklahoma, I'm going to let you get to the fine print. The Nerd Obscurial Podcast is a Gadzooks and Nerd production. That's Gadzooks, G-A-D-Z-O-O-K-S. Find us on the web at gadzooksandnerd.com slash meow. Yes, meow. M-E-O-W. If you like the music, you can find more at gadzooksandnerd.com slash fields. That's fields, F-I-E-L-D-S. The Nerd Obscurial Podcast and its content are, except for the steal this joke joke, the wholly owned and copyrighted property of Gadzooks and Nerd. So don't go stealing any of it, except, of course, for the steal this joke joke. Or we'll have to sick big pretzel on you. Any works, products, concepts, or otherwise intellectual property not owned by Gadzooks and Nerd, mentioned or discussed in the Nerd Obscurial podcast, are done so under fair use for the purposes of commentary, critique, and obviously comedy. So please don't sue us, because we can't actually sick Big Pretzel on anyone. Or Big Pretzel, because he sprained his ankle at the company softball game. The views, ideas, opinions, and beliefs expressed in the Nerd Obscurial podcast are solely those of its creators, which is to say your esteemed host, Eric the Troubadour, and me, the Oklahoma Kid. And do not represent the views, opinions, or beliefs of any individual or entity named, referenced, or alluded to in this podcast, including but not limited to Jaleel White, Leonard Nimoy, the wizarding world of Harry Potter and its parent companies, The Buggles, Al Gore and its parent companies, Little Nas X, Dennis Hopper, my wife and her parent companies, the great state of Oklahoma, and of course, all cats everywhere on the internet. Hail Cthulhu. So thank you so much for coming and listening to us. We'll see you on the next one. We'll maybe have some explanations on what's happening Shit. in our world. And Oklahoma. Fuck pickle beer. That's a weird Pretzels. way. To, <laughs> weird Pretzels. way to begin your outro that you worked so hard in the lightning round to earn with your sweat and tears and warmth. There's been a pretzel. There's been a pickle flavored beer mishap. Here in the studio. So, breaking news, folks. This is, <laughs> I feel this is like... the moment to remember right <laughs> yeah. here, right now. Where were you? The whitest the problem ever <laughs> introduced to the <laughs> internet. <laughs> there has been a pickled beer spilled, and it is on my... <laughs> My hardwood floors. My hardwood floors. Did you not buff out? <laughs> Please send all donations possible. <laughs> this pickle beer is ruining my hardwoods. <laughs> I'm going to have to get a contractor now. You can't buff it out. They say they can, but they can't. <laughs> it gets into the underlayment. <laughs> okay. Ogoba. Let's bring it on home. All right. So, so far on this podcast, we've talked about, you know, superheroes and Harry Potters and Pikachus and your your whatnots. But I thought we should try and class things up a little. You know, we need to bring a little bit of the highbrow. So, I'm going to read a poem by W.B. Yeats titled Ode on a River in My Youth. Poetry Month is the cruelest month. 
Where is the song for the body eclectic? Do electric cats dream of hallucinogenic catnip? Do clockwork cows always come home on time? Cats don't always wear pajamas, or maybe they only wear pajamas. It is what they sleep in. Bees may or may not have knees. Things of value are worth their weight in gold, except diamonds. Shooting stars are only aiming for the ground. Fools make time for us all. People are always amazed at their own blasé, but that won't stop the clockwork cows. The bees won't wait for anatomy class. Cats are the cruelest mouths, for they will call you <coughs> like it's nothing. Zebras will always cheat at poker. Never trust a salamander with your social security number. Never trust a salamander with his own social security number. The best laid plans of mice probably involve gnawing. The best laid plans of niece probably involve cheese. The best laid plans of your niece probably involve Instagram. Marching is the cruelest band. Discursive loops dispensing troops of footsteps and half notes across streets and beats and all the carrier pigeons who won medals of honor in the war. We don't need no stinking badgers. Mr. Gore Vidal, tear down that wall. Cassandra and Walt Whitman, they tried to warn us, screaming saxophone calls over the brain waves, commercial free and laced with amphetamines. Did they ever stand a chance, the cows will say of us, as their four flywheel stomachs tick-tock into the afternoon? Will the sun miss giving us cancer? Will apples finally say good riddance to all those doctors? Soylent green was people, and it ain't easy being green or having the blues. If you taste the rainbow, you have a bag of Skittles or synesthesia. There's apples and alligators and astronomical phenomena, banana slugs and spark plugs and throw rugs and coffee mugs, lug nuts and mud huts and cold cuts and ifs, ands, or buts. There are dreams of books and books of dreams. There are streams of thought and thoughts of streams. There is soup of the day, but no day of the soup. There's Hollywood stars and Hollywood squares. Sometimes at the same time, June is the passive-aggressivist month. August never remembers its wife's birthday. November will turn this year around if you and your sister don't stop fighting back there. Shark Week.